Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. I, today we're going to be talking about Yukon Cornelius. Um, it, like Omar said, Omar, great job on the announcements um, and hosting. He's fantastic. Um, but we want to make sure you know Christmas Eve service will be one hour long. That's it. I'm telling you. One hour. I'm going to speak 15 minutes. It's my Christmas gift to you. Um, so um, show up. It's going to be phenomenal. Your kids are going to love it. Um, we're going to have aspects that are just for small children that usually our adults like the most. So make sure that you make plans to be here with us and tune in online with us as well. Today we're going to be talking about Yukon Cornelius. Um, and we're going to be talking about bum, 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 silver and gold. We're going to be talking about money. Ugh. It's the holidays, and you're talking about money? Are you kidding me right now? And like you did last week, second service, man, let's amen and preach with me. It's always, always a much better feel. But why am I going to be talking about money? Because here's why. The two most stressful things of the holidays is, number one, others. Um, we talked last week about dealing with your cousin Eddie and dealing with difficult people, and the circus is coming to town, right? Like it's coming this week, and maybe the circus stays at your house on a daily basis, and you're dealing with your difficult person. Go back and watch last week's message. But today, don't turn it off. I want to talk to you about money. And the great thing is this message isn't a message about you shouldn't buy gifts. It's not a message about tithing. Um, so breathe easy today. But do you know the second thing that's the most stressful thing to people and Americans is money? This time of the year, it's money. So how do we not talk about it if we're all freaking out about it, right? In fact, studies say this, half of Americans will go into debt due to Christmas, right? One in three parents, American parents, lose sleep worrying about how they will pay for Christmas. We're freaked out, right? And what does the church do? We just stay quiet because we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. So here's what I want you to know. I don't want your money. Amen. That should have been your best. Amen. Let the big dog eat. He doesn't want my money, right? I don't want your money. We're not going to pass buckets back by. Um, here, here's what I want. I want us to function better when it comes to money. So don't shut me out today, right? Because people get funny when pastors talk about money. Um, don't, don't shut me out. Realize you're today, and I already got my Christmas bonus, so it doesn't affect my Christmas bonus. <laughs> right? Anything like that. But let's have a real biblical view about money, because if we're not careful, we can get really backwards when it comes to money. Because some of us, here's the reality, and here's the tragedy of where we are right now when it comes to Christmas. We're just ready for it to be over. And think about that statement. We as Christians, we as followers of Christ, all we're trying to do is get through Christmas instead of celebrate Christmas. Why? Because of presence, because of stuff, because of the financial pressure. And it is ruining one of the most, like, big moments 
of being a follower of Christ. Christmas is literally the celebration of Christ's birth. It's not the presents. It's not the food. It's not the family. It's not the people. It's not the money. But it's all about the king, right? And let's not get Path, let's not get that backwards. Let's not make it about the presents, where we got to make sure we've got enough presents for every kid, that it's fair, that all the grandkids have the same amount of, of presents to open. They're going to learn sometime or another that life's not fair, but God's always faithful, right? So maybe this is their Christmas. However, some of us, we're just absolutely stressed out, and what happens is we get dysfunctional when it comes to money. So today I want to give us two warnings when it comes to money. And two applications, two warnings and two applications. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy this because all of us, every one of us in this place, have to deal with money. The first warning is this. Money doesn't make a person. Money doesn't make a person. But if you aren't careful, it can ruin one. Money doesn't make you a success. Right? Just because you drive a certain vehicle doesn't mean you're a success. Just because you don't drive a certain vehicle doesn't mean you are a failure. Just because you live in a certain part of Tulsa or you have so much square footage doesn't make you a success or a failure. Some of the most, most miserable people I know are some of the wealthiest people I know. And they've never learned this first point that money doesn't make a person but it can ruin one really quick. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 says this, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. This is written by King Solomon, the wealthiest guy on the world. And he says this, how meaningless to think that wealth is going to bring contentment, that wealth is going to bring fulfillment, that wealth is going to make you truly happy and content. Do you realize in 2021 alone, Americans spent nearly $105 billion on lottery tickets? Last year, $105 billion on lottery tickets. See, we're not that different from Yukon Cornelius, right? Yukon was, when I strike it big, then I'm going to make it big. When I hit it rich, then everything's going to be good when it comes to my life. We spent $105 billion on the lottery. And you've played the game. I've played the game. If I win the lottery, oh, you make a list, right? And you just, you make a list of who you are going to give stuff to and how much you're going to tithe. You ain't tithe the day in your life, but you're going to start tithing once you win $500 million. Um, anyways, so... And you're just like, God, just test me. Test me. Let me try this burden. Test me in this, right? I volunteers tribute, right? You're like the Hunger Games. And you're just like, man, this, this is my moment. And we think that if we won a certain amount of money, then we would have arrived. And check this study out. 70% of lottery winners end up broke. A third go on to declare bankruptcy according to the National Endowment for Financial Education. Jack Whitaker won $315 million in the West Virginia lottery. Eight months after winning $315 million, Jack Whitaker said this in an interview. I wish that we had torn the ticket up. I just don't like Jack Whitaker anymore. I don't like the hard heart I've got, and I don't like what I've become. 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says this, keep your lives free from the love of money. Can I tell you, only you can do that for you. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Here's what happens. We, we, we understand this morning money doesn't make a person, but we buy into a myth that says, when I, then I, right? When I, then I. And we, we do this. I, I did this when I was a youth pastor straight out of Bible college. I thought when I make $25,000 a year, then I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be a success for a poor college student that was on ramen noodles. I was rich, Right? I don't need a pay raise. You don't have to, you pay me $25,000, God, and you don't have to do another thing my whole life, right? Thank God he has. Um, but, and, and we do this all the time. Well, when I drive this, then I will be happy. When I get this piece of land, when I live in this kind of house, when I have this much square footage, then I will be content. Then I won't ask God for anything. When I can take this trip, when we arrive to this point, when I have this much money in my bank account, when I have this much in retirement, when I have this much in savings, and all of a sudden we start playing this when I, then I game that we are always chasing because we think if the when I gets answered, then I will be a success. And hear me, money does not make the man. Man, if you're not careful... When you start engaging in the when I, then I, it will ruin you very quickly. Because here's what I've noticed. Life's going to be trying. Life's going to be hard. Life's going to go south. And when life goes south, when, when, when trouble hits your life, you know what I've never done when trouble hits my life? When trouble hit my life, I didn't go out and just hug my truck. Everything's going to be okay. Just hug the steering wheel, Right? When, when, when trouble hit my life, I didn't go to my big screen TV and just be like, you know what, it's me and you versus the world, buddy. We got this. The two of us, we can do this. We can make it through together. Don't leave me, right? No. Why? Because this doesn't bring meaning to your life. Your vehicle doesn't define you. Your, your house doesn't bring meaning to your life. When I look up, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, right? Because Jesus is my hope. He is my love. He's my security. He's my help. He's my joy. He's my fulfillment. He's my peace. He's my comfort. He's my encouragement, my strength and stability. He's my guidance. He becomes my solution. He becomes my reassurance. And my answer and my help comes from the Lord. So why would I let something define me that's not him? Money doesn't make you, but if you're not careful, the warning is this, it can ruin you really quickly. The second warning when it comes to finances is this, what you do with money shows what money does to you. What you do with money shows what money does to you. What do we do with money? What's our tendency? There's three tendencies. First one is this, we hoard it. Let me, let me enunciate that. Hoard. We hoard it. In case you were like, what'd he say? Think, think Scrooge McDuck. Right? All you DuckTales people, come on. Now you're now it's kicking, right? You're like, oh, hoarder. Yeah, like he's got a big old bank full of money and he's sliding on all the golden coins, right? 
Like we hoard it. We become so afraid that we're not going to have enough that we start hoarding it. And hear me, this isn't to say you shouldn't have a savings account, okay? Like that's wisdom. This isn't to say that you shouldn't invest in retirement. That's wisdom. The wise leaving an inheritance for their children's children is what the Bible says. There's got to be balance to this, right? But some of us, we're, so, we're operating out of fear that we're hoarding everything. We say, well, I don't have anything to give. I don't have anything to give. Right? And we're operating out of a poverty mentality when we're anything. But first thing we operate is that we hoard it. Second thing is we chase it. Never have enough of it. Think you call Cornelius here. He would have hit it and his life would have been made when he found silver and gold. And some of us, here's the tricky part about chasing it. We chase it, but we excuse it because we can make our excuses sound really good. Right? Well, well, the reason my whole life is, is this. You, you call it chasing, but I call it, you know, really hustling. But you're never home. Your family's falling apart. Your marriage is falling apart. You, you, you never go to church anymore. You don't have time to read your Bible because you're hustling, you're hustling, you're hustling. Because you're chasing something. How mean, going back to Ecclesiastes 5, those who love money will never have enough of it. The bar just keeps moving. Think of C.S. Lewis when he wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. There's a character in there called Edmund. Edmund is a kid everybody hates when you're reading this story, right? Edmund's a weasel. Edmund sells out his family to the white witch for what? Turkish delight. And while he's eating Turkish delight, it is the most delicious thing that he's ever tasted, but it never fulfills him, right? And so he will do whatever he needs to do to get more Turkish delight, even if that is to sell out his family and sell short Aslan, right? And go back and read the book. I promise it's really good. And, and what happens is some of it is never enough of it. And can I tell you, it's a great picture of the way money operates in our life. When you start chasing it, some of it never becomes Enough of it. The third thing is this, we waste it. Man, we waste it. Think of our, our government here for just a second. I'm talking both sides. Democrats, you're just as bad as the Republicans, and Republicans are just as bad as Democrats when it comes to wasting money. Right? Let's, let's just call it the way it is. And we, we invest in studies on pigeons taking a class. If it can, this actually was a real thing. If it can learn the keyboard and they spent $315,000 seeing if pigeons can play, give me that $315,000, right? We'll go do some stuff with schools that'll make a difference. Like we waste so much, we're, we waste so much money on dumb things as a nation. I tell you, we waste so much money on dumb things as people. We're the most blessed nation in the world, and yet statistically, we're the, less, we're the least generous nation in the world. Let that sink in. It's not because we don't have. It's because we're not operating and we're not functioning with money like we should. And let's go back to our point here. What you do with money shows what money does to you. And here's what Jesus would say about what money does to us and what we need to do with our money. Matthew chapter 6, don't store up treasures here on earth. Don't, don't hoard it. Where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy 
And thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one, no one, everybody say no one. No one can serve two masters. For you will either hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And here's what Jesus is saying to us to say. He's saying, don't say you love God, but you don't give to God's kingdom. He's, if you're saying that, he would say this, you're only fooling yourself. Because your tre- where your heart is, that's where, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. What you really value, what you really treasure, your heart's going to follow. Your resources are going to follow. Can I tell you, I can tell you exactly what you and I value just by looking at your bank account. We pour our money into what we value. This past month, you bought presents for people you value and you love. And it's not a bad thing. That's not, once again, this is not saying buying presents is bad. But you didn't buy presents. Well, maybe you did. But you didn't enjoy buying presents for the people you don't like. You got the bare minimum for them, right? I guess I'll get a gift so I don't get in trouble, right? Here's your gift, right? I got you something. Shut up, right? But, but you love buying stuff for people you love. Why? Because your, your, your heart follows what you treasure. Man, we can get this backwards so, so quick. And what we do with money shows what money does to us. So there's an alternative. What, what do we do? How do we function? You can hoard it, right? You can waste it. You can, you can get greedy with it. You can chase it or, or you can give it. You can give it. Winston Churchill said this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Great quote. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Well, Justin, I don't have, I'm just not at a place. Check out what Anne Frank said. No one has ever become poor by giving. All right. Well, Justin, I just don't know. No, no, no. Understand somebody who had nothing. No one has ever become poor by giving. So here's the challenge today. Our two warnings, here's the challenge. You and I need to learn to use money instead of letting money use us. As followers of Christ, you and I are called to use money instead of money using us. Here's the great news. Money in itself isn't evil. The love of money is evil. Money can be a great tool. It's not a bad thing to be wealthy. It's not a bad thing to have a lot of it. Are you responsible with it, right? We don't have a poverty mentality, and we don't have, oh, blessed life, right? I hit the lottery. I'm driving a Rolls. Hashtag blessed. God doesn't care if you're driving a Rolls Royce. He doesn't care about what you're driving. What are you doing with it? That's what he cares about. So you and I have got to learn that we've got to use money instead of letting money use us. So how do we do that? Third point is this. Realize and really get that you are managers, not owners, Realize, man, and understand, get this point, you and I are managers and not owners. I need three volunteers to come up here real quick, real quick. Come up. Come on, Jerry. Come on, Joe. One more. One more. One more. Give me one more. Greg, come on. You're, I hadn't seen Greg in forever. Oh, never mind, Greg. Stay seated. Stay, stay seated. Okay, I've got three envelopes here. It's like children's church. You need an object lesson, right? You need a little illustration here. 
Uh, there's no markings, but I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. I want you to open them real quick and show me what you got. Show me what you got. Yeah, open it. You're trying to spy through like it's the mail. He, Joe's got 100, 5, 20. That's it. Boom. It's all yours. You guys go. Go, go sit. Go sit down. 120 and 5. Boom. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, right? Everybody watching online is like, maybe we should come to church. Um, here's the deal. Who is the winner? Right. Uh, you guys are good. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Me. Ginger just took that $100 bill. It's like me. <laughs> the Lord has provided. Hey, Ginger, thank you because you said it honest. Because if I'm, if I, I don't want the Sunday school answer, we're all like, everyone's a winner. Nah. I, I'm impressed by your Christianity today. But. If I got the $5, I'm a little, I'm like, Dad, gummit. Why didn't he give me the $100 one? Even the 20 is okay, but there was $100, right? But what you guys said is true. All of them are winners. Why? Because none of them, it was none of their money, right? They walked away $5 richer. You walked away $20 richer. You walked away $100 richer. And man, when we understand that what we have isn't ours in the first place, it makes us operate and function as better managers and better stewards that he's called us to be. Psalms 24 verse 1 says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We're going to come back to that. The world and all its people belong to him. James chapter 1 verse 17, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Psalms 24 verse 1, if you can put it back up. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. None of what you have is yours. It's all his. It's like God took the globe and just licked it and said, mine. <laughs> right? I remember in high school, if there was a piece of pizza and I was sharing it and there was one I wanted, lick, lick that thing. Ain't nobody else going to eat it. Why did I do that? It's mine, right? I called dibs. Like God has pretty much licked the universe and says, it's all mine. He called dibs. The very breath you're able to take that was given to you. The ability to work a job that was given to you. So be a good, can I just stop for a second? And we Christians and followers of Christ, we should be the best workers at the work job place. We should have, man, the best work ethic, not the laziest people, not the people that, that our bosses are trying to get us to work harder. Man, get off your butt and work like you're working unto the Lord. That's how the Bible calls us to work. No wonder they don't want to come to church with us because they hate working with us. That wasn't even in my message. Man, the, the ability to work a job was given to you, right? So, so this way of saying, your job, that's his. Your ability to work a job, your, will, your ability to put together a thought process that was given to you by him. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Your house is his. Your lawnmower, it's his. 
Your dog is his. Your spouse. You weren't owed her. You weren't owed him. They were given to you. Some of you are like, can I exchange them? No. (laughs) Everything you have was given to you. I love what Rick Warren said. He said this, our time on earth and our energy, intelligence, opportunities, relationships, and resources are all gifts from God that he entrusted to our care and management. We are stewards of whatever God gives us. This concept of stewardship begins with the recognition that God is the owner of everything and everyone on earth. God just loans the earth to us while we're here. I love that. It was God's property before you arrived, and God will loan it to someone else after you die. That is such a great perspective and outlook. What you have been given has been loaned to you. So how are you using it? Right now, my truck's in the shop, and I'm borrowing a a, a vehicle from my friend Steve Nussbaum. I got to tell you, I take care of his vehicle better than I take care of my vehicle, way better than my wife takes care of her vehicle. Um, But I I take little shots fired. Shots fired. I'm still preaching. Um, We'll do marriage in a little bit. But, um, right, (laughs) I'm so dead. But I, I take care, I take care of his vehicle. Why? Because it's not mine. I'm going to take really good care and be very careful how I drive and what I'm doing. I'm not taking it off-road and I'm not doing all these things. Why? Because it is his that he has loaned to me. And here's the deal. When I understand my role, I step into my responsibility. And some of us, we have gotten our role confused, so we haven't stepped into the responsibility that God has called us, and we're constantly dysfunctional with money. But when you understand your role, you will understand your responsibility. But until you get your role right, you will constantly be dysfunctional with money. You will constantly be stressed out by money, and money will constantly keep using you because you think you own it instead of being a manager, a steward of somebody who does own it and whose money it is in the first place. It's not your money. It's not your stuff. It's all his. And when we understand that, we step into the responsibility he's given us. The second way that you and I use money instead of getting used by money is this. You use it to do good things that make an eternal difference. Can I tell you, this takes the stress off. You start using money. Money can be fun. Right? Money can be real. Let's, let's be honest. Money can be really fun. Especially when you start using it to do good that makes an eternal difference. Man, now you're stepping in to the way money was intended to be used. First Timothy chapter 6 says this, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Can we stop there just for a second? If you learn to be content... Man, you're wealthier than most people on this earth. Because you come to a place where you've got stuff that money can't buy. Right? The message says it this way in Matthew chapter 5. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more or no less. That's the moment you're proud owners of everything that can't be bought. What a great verse. Yet true godliness with contentment is is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. 
Verse 17, teach those who are rich in this world. And great news is all of you watching and all of you here, you're the rich in the world, right? Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Hello, cryptocurrency. You know, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, by doing that, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. That's true living. Paul's saying this, use your money to do good things that make an eternal difference. Don't just use your money to do good things. There's a lot of good things you can do with money, but it doesn't make an eternal difference. Can I tell you, as a church, we are very careful about who we partner with and what we spend the resources that you are investing in Foundation Church because we don't just want to invest in good things. We want to invest in ministries that are doing good things that are making an eternal difference. When we say we exist to make Jesus famous, that is what we are all about. And so we want to make sure that we're investing in two things, God's kingdom and other people's souls, right? Because the two things that are going to last for eternal eternity is other people's souls and God's kingdom. And we are going to invest in that. So it's not just about investing in good things. It's about investing in good things that are making an eternal difference. So what am I saying? I'm saying this, spend your finances that you have been entrusted with. Let me rephrase that. Spend his finances that you have been entrusted with in a way that matters. In a way that matters. I bought this TV 16 years ago. It is now broke. It broke last week. 16 years, pretty good ride, right? And 16 years ago, a 47-inch TV, flat screen, I was the big cheese, man. I had a $45,000 budget and a $15,000 TV. That's some good spending, right? And I thought, man, when I got this, I was like, oh, I've arrived. I'm a success. It started defining me. It kind of got the big head. I'm like, hey, Dad, come over and look at my big screen TV, right? Like I was like, can I tell you, I go to the Maasai Mara, the middle of the nowhere in Kenya. These things are all over the place. I'm, I'm serious, all over the place. And I'm like... Huh. And when it broke, I wasn't like, no, you know, don't, don't break. That's what stuff does. So you know where this is going to be? It's going to be in a junkyard later this week. It's going to be in a place where you take these type of TVs to throw them away. I know you got to throw them away at a specific spot, so don't come at me, right? Like, you know, you got to throw that away. I know, I, know, I got you. I'm two steps ahead, right? But can I tell you, this is what it does. And, 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 this didn't bring significance. This didn't bring me. Oh, it brought convenience, but it didn't bring meaning and significance. I'm not a failure now that it broke. Well, I guess my life's broke because my TV broke, right? No. This is what thing. This doesn't last. And I've got bad news for you. All the toys, grandparents, that you're going to buy your grandkids, it's not going to last. If those kids are using it right, they're going to break it in two weeks. <laughs> parents. Those designer clothes you're buying, your teenagers, they're going to outgrow. It's weird. They just keep growing. Right? 
ladies, those shoes that you must have, they're going to go out of style. Not these. Yes, they will. It all fades away. And can I tell you, the thing that doesn't ever fade away is other people's souls in God's kingdom. This past week, you guys brought angel tree donations to Jefferson Elementary. Um, and man, you invested in making a difference in other people's lives. And here's the great thing. Now they know there's a church that loves them. And not just loves them, but loves their kid. And I want to read to you some of the reactions from these parents of what they said. They said this, thank you so much. I just got out of the hospital today and wouldn't have been able to provide Christmas for my kids this year between being off work, medical bills, and not being able to get out and around. Another parent said this, this is all for the two of them. Oh my goodness. Begins to cry. Thank you so much. You don't even know how much this helps. Another parent said, my kids wouldn't have gotten any Christmas presents if it wasn't for this program and this church. We can't thank you enough. Can I hug you? My kids have never gotten a present on Christmas. This will be the first time ever, thanks to you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Last parent said this, yeah, clothes and shoes too. I was worried how I was going to get them warm socks and shoes and clothes. Thank you for making sure my kids are warm and also get to open presents. Foundation Church, can I tell you, that matters. That's, that matters. That makes an impact. And you and I are called to do more of that because that is investing in something good that's making an eternal impact. Less of this, right? This isn't a bad thing, but it becomes a bad thing when this is the only thing. There's got to be balance. And I'm going to leave you and i got to shut up because I've gone over and I could talk about this all day. But here's what Jim Elliott says. And this, this quote, man, moves me, haunts me. It drives me. And he said this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives. It's not yours in the first place. Who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And let's live our life like that. Let's make sure that we're using money instead of money using us. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, this is a big topic that gets really uncomfortable a lot of times. But I pray today, it, I pray that it does make us uncomfortable. God, to the place that we change, to the place that we operate different, to the place that we understand what our role is so that we step into the responsibility that you've given us. Lord, you haven't given some of us this role. Lord, it's all of our role. Lord, you own the earth and what we have been given, we are called to be stewards and managers of. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be faithful stewards, as the word says. We would be faithful managers, as the word instructs us to be. And that we would operate and we would function like you have called us to function. And Lord, I pray the Lord, we'd use the money that you have entrusted us with to invest in good, eternal things that matter. That Lord, we would spend it in such a way that it 
matters. God, some of us, we are stressed out over things that just don't matter. That are going to fade away. They're going to go away. Lord, and we're worked up and we're stressed out and we're putting ourselves in a horrible financial situation. The Lord, it doesn't matter in the first place. Let us realize you've got a better way for us to live. So I pray today that we would make better decisions and live with fewer regrets when it comes to this area of our life. That you'd help us and you would guide us and that we would be obedient followers of you. And we would spend it in a way that truly, that really matters. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Thank you.